Welcome to the C3 Podcast, Conferences, Conventions, and Continuing Education, presented by Engineerica Systems, a resource for our current clients and prospective clients with industry news, event expertise, and innovative technology. And we are your hosts. I'm Janelle Connor, an educational events planner, Asher Lazo, conference tracker expert. Hello. As well as Rachel Gray, event technology consultant. Hi, how are you? Today, we're discussing one of our fully virtual conferences that happened recently. Joining us a little later is Laura Moore, one of the event planners for this conference. And then we'll go over some of the latest happenings and events coming up in the industry. Asher, tell us about the event that we recently worked with. Uh, of course, yeah. The event was the First Coast Neonatal Symposium. It was a fully online virtual event. It was a very quick transition. That was supposed to be a face-to-face event, and they had to quickly switch to virtual, correct? Yeah, yeah. We will get into the specifics a little later, but this was their best choice. The other choices could have been uh, very impactful to their organization. So in the short amount of time that we had, we were able to fully virtualize that that on-site event. Nice. One of the things that we learned about that event and all events will be different, but for this event, they were using both live sessions and pre-recorded sessions. So they had a set of videos that they had pre-recorded with all their presenters and they made it more professional. Can I ask what virtual platform were they using to integrate? For for the pre-recorded videos, they, they use Vimeo. And for the live sessions, they use Zoom webinar, I believe. So they had a mix or they allowed the attendees to watch some live and then watch some pre-recorded. Do you know why they did that? I mean, we can ask Laura when she gets here. Uh, no, no, I, I do. It, it is uh, scheduling conflicts. While a lot of these people were coming to this conference the day of, now that everything got moved around, they wanted to make sure that they could attend. Also, it is a nursing conference. So nurses with the pandemic going on do have a tighter schedule. So they wanted to make sure that all of their attendees could visit the sessions, view it at their own time without being too stressful on their end. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that really showcases the ability for flexibility or more flexibility in the virtual model as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially the fact that those pre-recorded videos can be offered for more than just an hour, like in a regular conference where you just have an hour to go to that conference session, get the credit and your attendance, and then go to the next one. But in this case, if you do some pre-recorded videos, you can offer them for an entire day or two days to make sure that everyone has enough time in their busy schedules to actually make it. What kind of support did you implement? How are those uh, meetings, especially since your turnaround time was so quick? Well, it definitely helped that they knew what they were doing. Even though they are a new customer for us, they kind of handled everything pretty well. Even though I reached out to them throughout the setup period to ensure that they were doing okay, they found the system easy to use and were able to move forward quickly with their events virtualization. That's definitely awesome. It just shows that, you know, virtual events can be turned around in the expected timeline. Because a lot of people are having events maybe in June, July. They're thinking maybe they might even have to postpone even though it's virtual. But this shows that, you know, there can be a quick turnaround time. Definitely. I I do think that is it's one of the bigger issues out of all this, not knowing the technology behind it. And that could be frightening to some and, you know, it could raise concerns. But just rest assured that we're here to support anyone that wants to move their conference online. It 
it can be done. And this conference is uh, an example of that. It went great. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about it. And I I really want to ask Laura when she gets here about the different things they had to consider and different factors that led to them moving their event online, because I know there's plenty that has to be considered, different risks to be evaluated. I'm really excited to know that we're moving these events forward, even though it's online and seeing success. Were they able to use a lot of the features of Conference Tracker? Yeah, actually, I think one of the main things that stood out to them was the social uh, communication aspect where you can chat with other attendees because that still makes it, you know, like you are at a conference. They did. They definitely used the communication features of it a lot. They, I even heard that someone in the conference was looking for something like I, I believe like a set of notes. And someone else commented back, it's like, oh, it's in this section of the of the uh, conference social feed. So they just went That's in there awesome. and shared with each other. Oh, here it is. They can download it on their phones and then just keep going with the conference. What I really like, too, is it's so intuitive. You know, we use social media every single day. Everybody knows how to use Facebook. I know my grandparents know how to use Facebook. Really? So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, everyone knows how to use Facebook. It's like, like, comment, share. We all know, like, those three buttons. And so it's so intuitive, especially in a conference um, environment. So it's like the easiest way to really interact with other people because we're so used to, you know, pressing the like button or commenting on a post. That's like very um, intuitive, you know? Yeah. And I think it'd be fun actually to do like selfies or something of you watching the event so that you can see each other and, and still be part of a community. Yes, for sure. Even in a hybrid conference model where some people, you know, in a few months are actually at the live event. Some people are maybe still at home. That selfie taking could be like, okay, well, I'm here at my desk watching the, you know, the session. And then someone else who's in the session could just take a picture of maybe the entire um, conference hall. So it would just be this this great interaction. Definitely. Yeah, I was researching how to make online sessions more engaging. And one of the things that is recommended is to show and talk about the environment that you're in, no matter where you are. So you can connect with each other on that level and be able to feel like you're more a part of each other's world. So I definitely think that we need to have more of that type of interaction and engagement as these virtual and hybrid events move forward. Yeah. It's like sharing your experience. That's how we feel close to each other, even in conversations, you know, even today we're trying to get an experience. um, We're trying to really see what Laura's experience was. And so it's the same thing. That's how we feel connected and feel close to our fellow humans (laughs) by really, you know, being able to share that experiential journey. And it's the same thing with the conference. That's why we love, social media so much. I'm able to see my friends halfway across the world and them in their backyards and they're able to see me too. And it's just like, I feel connected to you. So it's the same, it's the same premise. No, I'm, I'm really excited. It's nice to hear that there are some really collaborative event teams that are able to take what they were working on, these months of preparation, all of these details that they've been you know, devoted to for the past, you know, year even, and say, okay, how can we take these details, 
that we're going to be a face-to-face meeting and move them and make them a virtual one and still have the same value, the same types of experiences, the same types of learning and move move forward. And it's not surprising to me that they can do this because they've been doing this type of work together for a long time. It's just having to be a little more creative and change up a few things. Yeah. And we can even help you with that process as well. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm pretty creative. I can come up with some some fun stuff. And Rachel, you're good at it too. Well, I think Laura is going to join us now. So let's move to our interview portion of the podcast. So we're really excited today to have Laura Moore with us. She's an event planner. And I'm going to go ahead and Laura, will you introduce yourself and tell us what you do and also tell us about the event that you recently put on? Sure. Thank you for having me. My name is Laura Moore. I'm an event planner with Swanee River Area Health Education Center, AHEC as some call us. We are a health nonprofit and among many other things we do, we are a third party for other organizations looking to have mostly continuing education, medical events. So conferences with nurses, doctors, anything in between, you know, social workers, that kind of thing. We, we help them organize logistics, the registration, the continuing education aspects of their event because they aren't full-time event planners. They're just a group of people that want to meet. So that's what, <laughs> that's what we take care of them. And then so this event is a, um, that we transition to virtual was a, I think it's been running for like 25, 26 years. Wow. Um, far longer than we've had it. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've, I, I've done this for probably about the last five years. And it's a very well-loved conference for neonatal nurses and respiratory therapists, and pharmacists, and nutritionists. So they're taking care of medically fragile newborns. Oh. It's a very specialized section of nursing and, and respiratory care. And there's a lot, there's a lot involved in it. And it's always changing and growing, new recommendations, new findings and stuff. These are primarily nurses that are very um, in tune with their field and want to learn more and stay on top of all the topics. So that's why they come together each year from all across the country too. Great. Now your event was just a couple of weeks ago and you had very little time to transition from what was supposed to be an on-site event to a virtual event. In that short amount of time, how, how do you think that it went, having to scramble and make changes? Sure. So, you know, things started to go bad about March, and our event was in the end of April. So we were constantly monitoring and watching the situation. And then when it was time to say, you know what, we're not going to hold it in person, that's when we started looking at all their alternatives and looking for the right tool we needed to get this online and published in a way that would be still usable and friendly to our participants. Overall, I think it was a successful transition and our participants are very um, specific in the metal community. So we looked at their availability too, because had this been a group of first responders or something, they would not have had the time or attention to you know, to vote to this event. So we yeah. were very careful to say, okay, what does our audience need? Do they have the availability right now? And for the most part, they did. 
I think they enjoyed the flexibility of having some online too. They rely on this event every year to earn the bulk of the hours needed to renew their license. And most still, <laughs> you know, nurses have to request time off way far in advance. And so they still have the, this time off and blocked for this event. Yeah. I think attendees value still being able to access this education despite, you know, everything kind of closing and canceling most events and opportunities to get their credit in. Definitely. I mean, it's super important to these professionals in order to keep doing what they do. So they need these continuing education credits. Definitely. Tell me, what were some of the factors and risks that you had to consider before making the switch to a virtual event? Yeah. First, I think we definitely considered our attendees, you know, what was their availability even before we even decided to move to virtual and not have the on-site event, you know, even early on, we're like, gosh, we can't risk these attendees coming, you know, from out of state and then not being able to work when they got back home. That was our first factor that we considered. Oh, but yeah. yeah, yeah, because they may have to be quarantined. They're around, you know, medically fragile people. That early on, that was our concern. But when we decided to go virtual, many had already requested time off and were not among those organizations on the COVID response. They, you know, they specialize in newborn care. So had this event been focused on trauma or emergency, we, we would have felt differently. But then we considered the fi- event finances as well. I mean, we were almost a full year into planning and there had already been expenses for items like marketing and graphic design, registration. So just full out canceling would have left this event in a deficit because we have already spent, but we would have had to refund all the registrations with an event not happening. So we reworked the budget and found that we reduced number of participants. The event could still be financially viable. You asked about the risk. I think the major risk is that would they would participants still want to? You know, we had they had registered for a two day event and they could tell they get to see their friends and colleagues from across the country and chat with the really cool vendors with all their cool like they bring all the incubators to show the the nurses and you know the cool new stuff the new technology that's out there (laughs) so the virtual events were not likely this group's first choice you know they, they were registering for something in person but we did offer refunds and also they uh, their living situation has changed mm-hmm. their families are probably having to stay at home with them they're having to work out childcare, whatever other things that have been impacted by the stay-at-home orders so now is that going to affect them being able to tune in to a virtual event yeah exactly exactly what so, and that was part of the reason we decided to do one day of live events and then another seven hours of recorded session. Oh, so you did. That they could access anytime. So you did a mix, mm-hmm. some live stream and some pre-recorded watch as you can kind of event? Yes. So like you said, you used both Zoom and pre-recorded sessions with Vimeo. And because of scheduling, that's why you chose those two platforms. Was there anything you learned from using both or any feedback on either Zoom or video that you could give us? Well, we were we were certainly worried that two days in front of a computer would be too much. That, you know, with childcare and like you said, everything else going on. It, and we and if you weren't available to, it would kind of feel like you were missing out on the event. So pre-recorded sessions allowed us some flexibility with our speakers too and you know you still feel engaged even if because sessions that you were able to do whenever so you selected two different platforms one for your live sessions 
Zoom and then one for pre-recorded Vimeo? Yes. So we actually recorded our sessions remotely with our speakers on Zoom. And then we have had some previous with recording webinars to offer um, any time during, but like on-demand credit. So we have had some previous experience with that. And we used Canva to make the videos available um, and posted for on-demand sessions. Oh, I see. I'm sure there's other ways you can do it, but <laughs> that's the program <laughs> we already had at our fingertips. So. Yeah. Did you have any difficulties or issues with those players at all? Um, no. Transferring the video from like the Zoom file to onto Canva and like ready to put on Vimeo was a time consuming process. My colleague Brittany worked on that and she would just have to just let it let it run. That was a bit of a difficulty. Um, maybe there's better things out there that's faster. You know, we we don't have fancy high-tech computers that are, you know, built for that kind of thing, you know, video production. We just have regular office laptops at our house. So, um, yeah, I, I think, but we may do. And, and it, the video quality is excellent. And the speakers, you know, we, we did some trial runs with our recorded speakers and our live speakers just to make sure that they were comfortable with all of the tools we were using and felt really confident. And I think that had them all participate on a trial run and um, they did a great job. Yeah, testing these, especially with these live videos or live streams, honestly, testing as much as you can. You you just, you don't want something to happen, you know, mid-conference or mid-live sessions. And, you know, at least you have all of these tools to get you prepared ahead of time. And going back to that video production comment, I have a pretty high-tech computer at home. And even then, video production takes a toll on it. It takes a long time. It's just something you have to wait out. Just let it run. Don't touch the computer. Let it think for a while and come back to it later, you know? Yeah. So I, I think we we were able to do those pre-recorded sessions about two weeks before, I think it was, the event, so that we had the sessions available like two days before um, the live event and just kind of broadcast everything at that, that during that week. But yeah, some some lead time is helpful there. <laughs> yeah. How were you able to decide or what what did you take into consideration when you decided which sessions would be streamed versus which ones would be pre-recorded? So we we have a committee, we have a planning committee of nurses and they're the ones that focus on the content and what do nurses need, what are the questions, what are the big issues in the field right then. And mm-hmm. they they kind of discussed which sessions were best suited for the live ones that may have a lot of questions or feedback. There's some, always some sort of topic going on. So those are the ones we prioritize to be live. And some of it depended on our speaker's availability. You know, schedules change. They got, you know, a lot of them are practicing physicians. So they may have been, you know, called into service, that kind of thing. So we were able, luckily, to find an agenda that worked for everyone. Yeah. So much to think about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, when we started, it, it felt like a slow process. But, you know, we, we, we had goals for every week. Okay, here, we try to get done again. We did it. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I mean, just have, uh, I guess it's a little bit like Scrum. Scrum, yeah. Have your Scrum meetings each week and just, okay, what are we going to do this week and get it done? <laughs> Especially with about a, what, about a month of setup that we did? 
at least at least when I was alerted that we were doing this, and I remember that our sales representative Rachel was like, "Hey, we have a new conference. It's in a month." And I go, "Oh, we got to get on it right now." <laughs> Definitely, you know, and it and it was, you know, I think had we been familiar with the application before, like if we had done registration, you know, a few months ago with Conference Tracker, I think it, I would have felt a little more comfortable in it. Um, but, you know, just picking up and learning it and making it the part that's nerve wracking is when you push it out and make it live to attendees. And if something doesn't work, you, you know, you don't want them frustrated and annoyed and just say, you know what, I, I quit. Give me my money back. <laughs> you know, we wanted it to be a, a user-friendly experience. So that I think had, had we had more time in the app, I think I would have helped even. Uh, we, we had, Azure was really great in making sure that we had you answered our questions really fast and you know even did some test runs to make sure we were we were good to go for sure thank you thank you glad to hear that (laughs) (laughs) yeah since you came into it kind of late you didn't use the registration features but i believe you did use our conference tracker attendee app is that correct yes we did the app Mm -hmm. and in what ways were you able to use the app in connecting your attendees to the event, even though they weren't at the event? Was it helpful? Yes. I think that the app kind of served as like the home base, that central platform where we could post, you know, all the handouts and all the little bits of information that they need to participate. It was, they could go there, you know, and if they had questions, they could reach out through there, interact through there and see the exhibitors. I think it, it was like a, a, solidifying part you know we didn't have an actual location but we had an app um, that kind of tied everything together you were able to build some connections and and be still Mm -hmm. engaged with each other yeah for sure like a sense of place did you receive any feedback from your actual attendees how did it go for them using the app and the website and all that so we haven't gone through our program evaluations just yet, but our live session attendance was constant throughout the day. You know, some little drips here and there, but we had about the same number of people participating each day, which I think shows a good level of engagement. They aren't just saying, you know what, I have better things to do. Um, this feedback we re- <laughs> you know, I, I, listen, I've done that if it's a webinar and I'm not getting what I feel like, I'm like, all right, I, I can easily come back to this later because it's recorded and I can skip through it, you know. But I think the feedback we received um, reflected the excitement of still being able to participate in this, like, much-loved event, even though other aspects of it in our current environment have changed, you know. We can't go out. We can't can't travel, but we can still do this. And I think it felt like a a win, you know, that people were like, oh, I can go to a conference <laughs> from my couch. <laughs> well, that's great. Did you work with any sponsors and were you able to still promote them at the event? Yeah, so our sponsors originally signed up for an exhibit hall and, you know, to exhibit in the big exhibit hall where we served meals and breaks and, you know, with our time gathering area. Um, in this situation, I think most were happy to have any level of interaction with their clients, prospective clients. I think we made sure to include their logos on the rotating banner in the app that, you know, connected to their profile, which I think was a nice level of visibility. And then having their contact information in the exhibitor section, you know, they, they liked just being out there in any way they could right now. <laughs> yes. Because so. yes. they're similarly having 
the issue of not being able to travel and get leads in other ways. So definitely. And, and a lot of companies have kind of just flash and burn, um, those type of sales positions and sales, you know, goals that they, they, they can't go to live meetings or so they, they, we've gotten some word that makes it very, like the entire, the rest of the year, just, not happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're in a little bit of a similar position when we go to conferences to market our products and software. We rely on that to get some of our leads. So we're having to be Mm -hmm. more innovative and come up with some other ways to collect leads. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, but I think being involved in the event is still important because it's the audience and getting your name in front of them. That's the important part because then hopefully they will reach out to you when they have the need. Yeah. And just just creating that awareness. Yeah, it was great. You were able to do that through the app. You offer educational credits to those who are attending the event. How did that how did that work now that you're going to a virtual event? How did assigning credits to virtual sessions work out for you? So our on-demand sessions require a post-test. The board requires if it's not a live event, they have to pass a post-test. So we had to put those in a survey system that we currently have and process credit that way. But we're also going to use the attendance tracking from Conference Tracker to as as a show, as a proof of attendance too. You know, because we can see, okay, they joined at eleven fifteen and they were there until about, about twelve fifteen. There's their attendance. You know, so it, we do like to have a piece of a documentation of their attendance. One great way we used Conference Tracker and the app to record when people were in watching these either on-demand sessions or the live sessions. Yeah, because it takes care of that automatically for you than having to collect it via sign-in sheet or whatever else mm-hmm. you were using before, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So in person, we would have done a sign-in, um, but <laughs> that doesn't really work on online. So we <laughs> did, um, we, we are using the time tracking from the app to verify their credit. Um, but most, for the most part, it's on an honor system and we can't police everything. So we, we but we are able to award the credit that we believe them just completed. Great. Are you in the middle of that process now? Yeah. So we, we, I'll check it about every two weeks to um, report the credit to the state tracking database. But um, yeah, people are still in there taking their sessions. And then we've posted, we've since posted the live sessions as recorded sessions for people that may just want to go back through it or that didn't get a chance to participate live. So they, they have a few months to complete that. Yeah, I was going to ask you how long. A couple months, huh? Yeah, we, we gave them till we told them the end of August. We also didn't want to kind of infringe on next year's conference either because we do have one already scheduled for 2021 in April. We didn't want, and that was another reason we didn't want to postpone or push something back. Our hotel offered that originally, but we already had a we already have a contract for. April of 2021. So if we if we pushed it back to the fall, it, it you know they wouldn't have had availability to travel twice in a year. So. That makes sense. So you have your next event coming up in 2021, and are you going to make it another virtual event, a face to face event 
like you traditionally have or maybe a hybrid model? Yeah, well, I don't know. It seems conferences and meetings for the near future will be either virtual or when they start opening at least hybrid so that, you know, if someone was unable to travel or uncomfortable traveling that they could participate. Um, I think we will be helping organizations go virtual, you know, maybe some fall events that, you know, have more lead time to set things up. Um, I think we moving to virtual for, for the time being. I, I don't know that. I guess there's still a lot of unknowns and especially with regards to travel restrictions and social distancing and all of that, that we'll still need to see how it unfolds before you figure that out. <laughs> Definitely. And even, you know, even if we can meet in person, but we're still being socially distant, that's less people than we can normally have sat in the space we have. That That's something the meeting industry is still coming to terms with is, you know, you may not be able to sit six people at a round and maybe more like two or three. So, um, yeah, I kind of have a sense that people will find value in keeping some virtual aspects. So they'll do that at least for the, for the short term. Yeah. Offering both. It's honestly such a good idea. Even, you know, with this pandemic, without it, however this ends up ending or turning out, I think having the possibility of, Oh, you can't make it, but you know, Here's still all of your sessions, your credits, all of your tracking. We can still secure all of that without any risks or potential necessary travel by offering all of this information online. So Asher, how how was it turning this event around and getting everything set up? Did it go as smoothly as you'd hoped? Yes, and there was a lot of hoping too. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was nervous too. I, I feel <laughs> like I was running this event just like the day of. I remember someone from the team asking me, are you checking in on the conference to see how it's going? And I told them, I kind of want to, but I'm a little scared. What if I go in there and accidentally do something and mess everything up mid-conference? So I would just sneakily jump in and join a webinar and then go, okay, okay, it's good, it's good. And then just leave and then come back again and just keep doing that. But yeah, it all turned out really, really well. I mean, again, we had a little bit less than a month to set everything up and everything went very smoothly from my end. There were a few things we needed to brainstorm, but we ended up thinking creatively and finding workarounds. And hopefully from this, we'll learn a lot more. And also hopefully these workarounds will be actual features for future events. Laura, was your experience similar? I hope. Yeah, I, yes, I would say very similar. We were nervous, but we were glad to have, you know, a definite IT person we could go to, you know, to say, why is this working? I thought we did this right or what am I doing wrong? But yeah, I think just learning that there's a little nerve wracking to learn the system and how things work. But once we got the hang of it, I think it was really successful. And I think, and I think people are used to how apps work by now. I, so, and, but I I still liked having the desktop feature, you know, I I like that people weren't required to do one over the other. I like that there was that flexibility. So I think our, our process went really well. I think our committee would say that they were very happy with the event. Could still happen, but um, a different way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, would you recommend Conference Tracker for others? Yeah, definitely. I think the price point is very well suited to events that are not 
you know, 10,000 people. Sometimes the little smaller events have a, a really, there's a, there's like a secret, like, I don't know, there's just a great vibe when it's a smaller event, yes. you know, in the 200 person range, I think there's a better intimacy and personalization. So having something that is accessible to even a smaller event is fantastic. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I think it's, I'm happy that we've used it before and I hope that other, um, some of our other partners will want to use it. We already have the experience in the tracker and comes tracker and we can say, okay, Yep, yep, we know how to do that. We, yes, we can do that. Or here's how we'll need to set this up to make it work best in the app. Yeah, hopefully next year we'll be able to look at more of the features with you and, and get your whole conference going. Yeah, I think that the exhibitors would really like the features with the app because we do like to usually play some comp, like exhibit hall, you know, where, you know, questions or yeah the polls kind of stuff those games and stuff yeah polls and stuff we do like to do that kind of stuff um and the and the point system where you can earn points for visiting booths and talking to exhibitors yeah i think people would really i think they would like think that 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 was really fun in an in-person environment yeah definitely so you guys are kind of an example to others who are facing the decision of having to either cancel, postpone, or put their event online in the virtual world. So what what would you say to conference organizers who are affected by the pandemic and who are wondering still whether they need to take that leap into the virtual event world? Sure. So I think that this process is very similar to what it's like to plan a live event. But it's different. So definitely involved like some higher, you know, critical thinking, like, okay, how do we still meet all of these needs and in an application or in the tools that we have online and make it a nice package for our participants? That we we knew the old way of how to do we knew how to do it with a conference. We had it down to like almost science. Like (laughs) I, I pull up my notes here and we you know, it's science. But this was such a change and it was a bit stressful. I I took some days off after the conference. (laughs) I'm like, this is a lot to worry about. And we were on, you know, we were like on when the app was launched, you know, responding to questions and people, you know, just having questions about things and their passwords and stuff. We were, it's the same kind of feeling when you're at a live conference and you're on and alert and thinking about your adrenaline pumping yeah thinking about that next step before anybody else ever asks about it you've got a ton that kind of thing um it's definitely been that of us because we were taking our same processes and putting it into like a new box so it's we had to make everything fit just so but we did it and it it was uh, you know we have um had a lot of great support from my colleagues and the conference committee and our conference chair person, you know, we're really supportive. And I think that it's definitely doable with the tools that we had. And we're, we're very small. Um, my team is, my department is like two and a half people. So we're very small. We're, we're not a big, yeah, we're not a big conference planning company. And, and we have the tools and the support we need, but not, it's not on a huge high conference attendee level so 
Yeah, but you're proving you can do it. You're proving that this isn't as difficult (laughs) as it may seem. Yeah, and honestly, I... um one of those webinars I joined in on and it was from a very um, well-respected, you know, group. And they're like, oh, this is how we turned this event virtual. And they, talk, they started talking about things. I said, we did this like two weeks ago. <laughs> I messaged my, Brittany. I said, they're talking about something that we did on our own without anybody <laughs> kind of, we, we, we had like a framework, but we didn't really have the steps to get there. But I, yeah. I think, you know, just kind of some ingenuity and, using what we have and reaching out to find the right piece. And I think that Conference Tracker really was the piece that brought a sense of place to the event and where people knew, okay, that's where I go for this. It, I'm actually buying something, access to something. It's, it's, it really brought value to the conference. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I think what you've said, all the process that you've gone through, the lessons that you've learned, I think that's all going to be really valuable to others who are struggling with the same things and facing the same challenges that you have been in going into the event and now even with considering your future event needs. I think this is going to be super valuable to them. So I really want to thank you and tell you how much we appreciate working with you and thank you for letting us take on this challenge with you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And, you know, each event is so unique and it is hard to find the right fit, but it, it's possible. Any final words, Asher? Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, this was really, I mean, I'm glad everything worked out well. I'm glad I was able to answer all of your questions and get everything fixed as soon as I can. Uh, yeah, no, I, I learned a lot, especially with how Zoom works and managing the online attendance logs and all of that. So I did learn a lot and I will definitely use all this information for my next virtual conferences that I have to set up. Yeah, I think we have a few more coming. So, <laughs> Awesome, yeah. All right. Well, that was great. I'm glad Laura was able to join us. Let's move into our industry news and happenings. Rachel, tell us what's coming up. Thanks, Janelle. So the news, uh, we have a few things specific to the Event Professionals Book Club. Oh, yeah. Yep. I've got the information on how to join. It's very easy. All you have to do is email the Event Profs book club at gmail.com let them know you want to join that is how you would get involved yeah i definitely need some outside stimulation so this really is of interest to me yes and then the second piece of news is called the physical distancing tool this is provided by all seated what it is it's a virtual tool that outlines your floor plan to make sure your seating arrangements are exactly spaced to follow safety guidelines i think this is a great tool it's it's virtual and it's it's pretty easy to use that's going to be awesome. super helpful of course yeah so now i'd like to mention some events that are coming up as you probably know this is mental health awareness month And so MPI is actually doing something really great where they're doing a virtual stress and decompress, which is hosted every Thursday from 12 to 1230. So it can be like a lunch break thing 
where you can stretch with other members and really like get all that tension out. Also, the second event is also hosted by MPI and it's called Pivoting from Paralyzed to Productive. So this is this might be of interest to many of you. And it's coming up May 21st, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Awesome. Thank you, Rachel, for keeping us abreast of all these great things that are happening. And I'm definitely going to check a lot of those out. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us for this episode of C3 Conferences, Conventions, and Continuing Education presented by Engineerica Systems. We really hope this is helpful to you and hope to hear from you. If you know of any events or really exciting things, we'd love to get a message from you. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We've talked about a lot of great things today. We'll put a lot of uh, links in the show notes for you. So check it out and everybody stay safe. Bye, guys. Bye.